Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this evening's broadcast for our College Success Formula members. I'm Tom Bodorf, co-founder of the College Success Formula. The title of this evening's podcast is The College Visit and How to Maximize It. Tonight's guest is a colleague of mine and a good friend, Mr. Dan Bissig. Dan's joining us from his office in the great state of Kentucky. Dan built his organization, College and Beyond, back in 2006 after a successful 15-year career in financial planning. So for the past 12 years, he's been working one-on-one with families with college-bound kids in the areas of career assessment, college list building, college admissions, test preparation, and how to responsibly pay for college, just to mention a few. By the way, we just relocated our College Success Formula headquarters from the beach of Dana Point Harbor in Southern California to the beautiful Arizona desert. For those of you familiar with the Grand Canyon State, we're northwest of downtown Phoenix, about 30 miles, just a few miles south of Lake Pleasant. Absolutely loving the move. Okay, back to tonight's broadcast. Well, Dan, I want to first of all thank you for joining us tonight. Tom, it's great to be with you. I'm really excited about talking about this subject. All right, thank you. Well, you know, Dan, I'm always surprised when I talk to a family preparing to send their 18-year-old child away to college, and they tell me they never actually visited the college campus. That has happened more times than I can remember. Now, they may have done a virtual tour online, or maybe a friend is attending the school, but neither the student or the parent actually visited the college. Why do you feel it's important to make college visits, Dan? Well, without a doubt, Tom, it's really important to understand the dynamics of the campus. In other words, think of it this way. You're going to be living on that campus for the next four years. That's right. It's home. That's right. It's going to be home. And and at least we hope it's four years, right? Uh, But the, the the key to it then is because of that, you've, the student needs to get on that campus to walk around and get a sense of what, you know, what things are, are like. Uh, how's everything connected? How easy is it to get from one building to the next? For example, from the dorms to the, to the eating area, the, you know, the, the food offerings that are on campus, to the different dynamics of uh, the athletic facilities and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really important that they get on there and do that and have that chance to do it. The other thing is, by getting on the campus, maybe you'll get lucky enough to get a chance to sit in on a class oh, okay. of something that you're considering studying. And so you've got a chance then to be able to talk to a professor, talk to other students, um, really see the dynamics of what happens when the bell rings, assuming that you're there during a time when, when school's in session. Sure. Uh, you know, so that most importantly, you're not going to be then totally surprised by being in a place that you don't like that's not a good fit for you for all kinds of reasons. Um, the other thing is, wouldn't it be nice to have a chance to go and, and visit with the admissions people, which you'll do if you do an official visit anyway, Sure. and also talk to the financial aid staff? So it's, it's important that you do those kinds of things, not to mention sometimes schools expect you to make a visit for a thing called demonstrated interest. Right, right. You know, and, and that's all about showing them and giving them a reason for saying, yes, we'd like to have you. And, you know, sitting in a class, what a wonderful way to show demonstrated interest. Very few students do that. And what a great way to set yourself apart from all of your competition, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in this day and age, I mean, the numbers just came out. What Harvard had a 4.5657% yield rate this last year, yeah, right. which is just unbelievable. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, uh, but what we also realize is that more and more students are applying to more and more colleges. Right. And, and if you haven't done something as simple as getting on the campus, you may put yourself at a disadvantage when it comes to actually getting in. You know, Dan, I remember when, when my wife and I, uh, when we toured Pomona College out here, um, very selective college, of course, part of the Claremont Colleges. And when we toured Pomona College, they told us that if someone lives within, I believe the radius was 200 miles of Pomona College, that if they didn't tour the college and come in for an official visit, they would literally throw the application away. So some colleges really emphasize it, and it's actually mandatory if they live within a certain geographic uh, area. Now, a, a college over in your neck of the woods, you know, Kentucky, or you know, a school up in Massachusetts for an Arizona or a California student, no college would make that mandatory. But if you live relatively close, a lot of schools absolutely would, would expect you to come tour and visit with the admissions counselor, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and that's why getting on and walking around the hallowed halls of that school is such a critical opportunity for you. I mean, just alone to make the connections with the right people. Sure. Because when that selection committee in the admissions department is making their final decision, you want them to be cheering, you know, on for you that, you right. know, that they want to, you want them to be your advocate. That's and right. So it's the best way to do that is to make sure that you get on the campus and, and show that, uh, hey, this is the place for me. And, sure. and more importantly, if it's not the place for you, isn't it better to go ahead and spend the time to figure that up or figure that out in advance versus wasting a year at a school that you shouldn't be at? Right, right. You know, I, I had a, a good friend of mine who knew I was a college planner years ago, and I forget the exact college that their daughter went to. It, it, was, a, it was a school back in New York, I think on Long Island, as I recall. Oh, Hofstra. It was Hofstra. And this young lady was a stellar student and got all kinds of awards, but she got a full ride to Hofstra, which is what really stood out to this family of why she should go to Hofstra. They never visited the college. I think she was there for one or two semesters, and the, the culture just didn't fit her. Mm -hmm. Saying nothing bad about the, the college or nothing about her, but it was a totally misfit, a misalignment between the college and this student. And I couldn't believe, this is a buddy of mine, and I thought, you never even came to ask me and talk this over with me. I, the first <laughs> thing I would have said, you've got to visit the school before you accept the offer, you know, right. full ride or not. But they didn't, and it just didn't last. So it's, it's just so critical. The cultural element can be one of those important parameters that's often overlooked. You better believe it. Well, Dan, yep. well, when is the best time, uh, would you say, to actually visit the college? Without a doubt, the ideal time is when school is in session. In session, okay. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because how nice would it be that you're on the campus and you get to see what happens when the bell rings and students are changing you know, from one class to the other? Sure. Um, you're there to be able to go in and actually see what's happening in the food court areas, You know, the kind of interaction that's going on, the kind of dynamics when it comes to the different kinds of students that are on campus. Um, in other words, yeah. look around. You know, take it all in and understand what's going on. Um, unfortunately, sometimes the problem is is that kids are busier than ever before. That's right. Right? With both their academics and then you throw a sport on top of that. And boy, that can really complicate when they can possibly get to a school. So, and so, so what if the only time is in the summertime for some families? What would you say to them? 
go do it. Make yeah. the visit anyway, because yeah. it's better that you actually got on the campus and walked around and understand the distance and understand, you know, is the weather the kind of weather that you want to be in? I mean, even during the summer, um, right. you know, it could be too hot. I mean, it really could. It could be too hot for you. It also could be that, um, you know, that as you're walking around, it just doesn't feel right to you. So I always believe it's better to get there if you can. And, and you mentioned it yeah. a minute ago. Worst case scenario, because of a distance issue, do those virtual tours. Good place um, and, to start. Very good place yep, to start. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, get a sense of it. But boy, if you get accepted to that school, you have got to go visit. You've got to get on that campus and check it out, especially if it's in your the running for your number one or number two spot that you plan on going to that fits you for all the right reasons. Gotcha. Now, now, what grade level would you recommend uh, students and their families start traveling to these colleges? Well, Tom, I, I believe that you go anytime you can in high school, sure. um, especially if you've got a, a student that's super duper involved again in sports. You may have no choice but to try to find uh, days when your school is closed, but you know the college is still in session, uh -huh. for example. Um, but, you know, when it when it often takes place is going to be in the soft, the end of the sophomore year, end of the junior year for sure. OK. Uh, and, you know, even into the senior year. But again, Unfortunately, that word busy gets in the way as right. far as what's going on and prevents them from getting into that campus. So, so I, ideally, of course, when the school's in session, because yep. it looks a lot different in the summertime when there's kind of a, a skeleton crew and just a few kids taking summer classes compared to the regular school season. But if the only time they can visit for whatever set of reasons is the summer, that's better than no visit at all. Correct. It sure is. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Get on that campus so that you at least have a sense of what it's like. Now, instead of just showing up, you know, at random on a campus with no preparation or forethought of any kind, are there some key questions that families should have, you know, really prepared that they can ask while they're doing their visit? Yeah, I absolutely believe so. When you're in the admissions area, for example, uh -huh. um, a, a great question would be, what are the most important criteria used for admissions? In other words, what are you guys looking for? Are you, you know, are you going to judge me predominantly based on the GPA, the test scores, my essay? Is it going to be an interview with an alumni? In other words, get a sense of what they're looking for so that, again, there aren't any surprises with that. Um, and also, how's that criteria going to be ranked? You know, so th that would be dealing with the admissions. Uh, you want to okay. find out as much as you can to give yourself the best chance there. Sure. When it, if financial aid is going to be part of your funding solution, which it often is with families, then you need to understand how that school operates when it comes to giving out the money. Um, so, you know, get a chance to talk to the financial aid office. Ask them things like, you know, what financial aid forms do you use? Are you using the FASFA or do you also use the CSS profile? Right. Um, is your college need blind? And by the way, need blind is, does that mean that they make the admissions decisions without taking into consideration or holding it against you, what your financial situation is. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, what are your college's financial aid deadlines? Um, then take it even to another level. Let's say that we're dealing with a student athlete. In those particular cases, make sure that you're getting on the campus to talk to the coach. You know, get sure. a sense of what the team looks like. Go to a game if you've got a chance to do that. And, you know, when you're looking at and talking to the coach, See if you can get a sense of, you know, what's going on as far as um, where you are in the pecking order of, you know, being selected for the teams. Um, if, 
if you've got a situation where you've got some learning disabilities or learning challenges that you're going through, make it a point to visit that department there on campus to see what kinds of resources do they provide for you. Because you never want to get to a school where you assumed that you were going to be in a situation where, again, it was a good fit, only to discover that the fact of the matter is they don't have the resources that you need. Um, So, so again, those are just some really, really key things that you want to make sure that you're doing, the kinds of questions that you're asking. Because you, you have to remember, again, college is a stepping stone for your future career. Right. Right. And so we've got to make sure that you're going to a place where you're going to thrive, not just survive. Sure. Good, good word. Thrive. That's what we want our students to accomplish is thriving, not just getting by. Meeting yep. the bare minimum requirements and not really enjoying it. They should enjoy that four-year experience. It, 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 it's home. It's paving the way. It's a transition between their living at home and really getting out on their, on their own you know, independently. Mm-hmm. I know, right. you know a lot of private schools I know have what they call uh, regional admission counselors, RACs. I would think that if, if, if the student is applied to the school, so like maybe if this is in the even the senior time frame, they should probably meet with that with their counselor they're assigned to, I would think, if they possibly can, if they're that late in the game as far as visiting the school, right? Absolutely, because remember, again, that person can be your biggest cheerleader, your right. biggest advocate for sure. you getting in the door of that school. Sure. And, and, of course, that comes down to the competitiveness of that school. Um, you know, But without a doubt, make that connection with those people because they're going to be able to help you. They can also answer questions that you may have when it comes to things. You know, I, I've also heard that uh, when, when students are applying early, especially early decision, where it's that binding you know, letter of intent – essentially a contract, uh, it's always a good idea, is it not, to do their very best in getting an early read from the financial aid office uh, in terms of what they can expect. Most schools are not going to guarantee it. Uh, no, they won't. But, but, but they'll at least maybe give you at least an idea. It would be a good discussion to have, correct, with financial aid? It sure would, yeah. And, and most importantly, you have to understand then how that college is going to take uh-huh. your financial situation into consideration for admissions. Right. Um, which, again, is why it helps to stop in and visit that department, visit the financial aid department, because you're going to find that financial aid and admissions are two different departments You know, at, at right. most schools. Um, yes, they work hand in hand in some cases, but make sure that you have a chance to talk to those folks, get to know them because again, they may be people that you've got to go back to in the future if you have to do things like uh, appealing an offer that you've received. Developing those relationships, you're right, with uh, admission counselor, especially for, with private schools, that's kind of hard to do, it's been our experience with public schools. I would you, agree. You know, yeah. but, but with the privates, develop that relationship with the admission office and then do your best as you can to get a nice relationship going, a working relationship going with financial aid advisor as well. Those two. Because yep. you're right, they're like two different companies. <laughs> yeah, they are. And sometimes they communicate. I mean, the vast majority of times they'll communicate in some fashion or another, but sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. It's very, just very, the nature of, a, of the institution. Very often. Yep. I, I've seen that many, many times. Well, Dan, yep. so as a family is walking around the campus, uh, what specific things should they be looking for during that visit? So just some really big observations. Number one is, what's the overall layout Uh of the 
this. In other words, is it the right size for you? Is it too big? Is it too small? You know, right. What about the location? You know, you may have thought that you knew what you were getting into when you selected this school, but is it in a town or a rural area? Is it in a big city? I mean, hopefully you did some research ahead of time to come up with that. Sure. Um, how maintained are the buildings, the sidewalks, and the landscaping? And, you know, you may not think much about that, but the truth of the matter is um, it can really give you a sense of what's going on on the campus budgetarily, what they take seriously, you know, what's important to them. I mean, I've been on, and I know you have too, Tom, I've been on some absolutely spectacular campuses. I mean, they're just beautiful the right. way that they keep up the buildings and, and things. I've also been on some campuses where you can tell things are rough. And that could be, yeah. you know, within the state that, that you know, the funding just isn't there. Um, it could be any number of things that are going on. You know, here's an example. What kinds of things are posted in the hallways on the bulletin boards? Uh -huh. I, I think that gives you a real sense of kind of the, the culture or the nature of what's going on in campus, either good or bad. Sure. Um, make sure that you pick up a copy of the school paper because, remember, kids have free speech. And they've got the ability to write in that paper, um, you know, what's going on in campus. For example, if parking's right. an issue, you're going to see it there. If, if funding is an issue, you're going to see it there. If there's other issues that are going on in campus, it's going to be right there. Um, maybe take a look at the cars that are parked on campus. I know that might seem different, but, you know, um, you may see, be at a school where it's all these high-end schools and you're, or high-end high cars, and you're going, wow, I'm not sure if this is – you know, if I'm in the same ballpark with these kids or, you know, it, it could be just the opposite. Um, you know, do the students on campus look like the kinds of students you want to hang around with? Sure. That, that's a big observation that you can do. You know, one of the things I do, and I bet you, Tom, you might do the same thing, is when I do a college campus, I'll actually walk up to a student and say, if you had to do it all over again, <laughs> would you come back to this college? That's a great question. Yeah. And, and it really, you can get some pretty unique answers. I mean, and I have, I've gotten some students who said, oh, I'm not sure that I'm the person that you want to talk to right now. And I said, no, 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 I, you're absolutely the person I want to talk to. Um, but it gives you a sense of what's going on, you know, the kinds of things that are happening, understanding, you know, that that's one person's opinion. Sure, of course. sure. So, um, again, make a notation if you can of what's the weather like now and predicted to be over the next nine or 10 months that you're actually going to be there. Um, if you like the cold, great. If you don't like the cold, then you better find an alternative of a place that makes sense for you. Um, if a California student is visiting Massachusetts, they, they might want to make a campus visit in January because it's, exactly. it's not the type of January they're accustomed <laughs> to. <laughs> That's exactly right. You are absolutely right. You know, um, here's another one. Um, how do the students and faculty react to you as you walk across campus? Ah, uh -huh. and, and I'll tell you why I bring this one up to you, because I've had parents before where the um, uh, they'll be walking along and a student will walk by and whisper, hey, you really don't want to come here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to wonder what's going on that would cause somebody to do that type of thing. Yeah, really? <laughs> you know? Um, other ideas, you know, what do the athletic uh, facilities and field look like? I mean, if you're huh. really into that kind of stuff, uh -huh. you know, are they just a big mud pit out there or are they like astroturfed, really nice places? Are they the kind of area that you'd like to go and hang out with other friends in your free time? Right, right. What about the dorms? Oh, those dorms. You know, so, so often um, – what the colleges will do is if you get a chance to see a dorm, they're going to take you to a room that's been all, you know, set up and looking really nice. The newest high rise on campus. 
Absolutely. They're going to give you the very best of the best. But then you, know, you show up the freshman year in, in <laughs> August, September, and what do they see? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to end you're down the street in the 1960s or 50s buildings, you know, where you worry about uh, getting out of there, you know. <laughs> so ask where ask where do the freshmen live? Yes, exactly. Great question. Yeah. It, yeah. And make it a point if you can to go check those kinds of places out because it's important. Um, sure. Sure. Another one. And, and this might sound really different, but. When you're actually walking through the food courts, you know, because again, these colleges are very proud of the diversity of food that they put on the campuses. Um, but when you're walking through it, does it smell like a place that you want to eat at every day? Um, you know, or does it smell like, you know, uh, spoiled food or, you know, yeah. um, you, you get my point. Sure, In other sure. words, make sure that it's the kind of place that looks like someplace that you want to go to to get food in the future. Uh -huh. um, the, the bottom line is, Keep your eyes open to everything that's going on around you because you're going to see things. Look at them through your lens, not through the lens of the salesmanship that's often done by these schools to get you to come to the campus by the, the fancy brochures and things that they send to you. Sure. It, it, again, has got to be the right place that fits you. You know, Dan, through the years, we, we've come to ask clients, uh, before we even meet them on a questionnaire, we would ask them, if there's a particular spiritual bent you know, to the student or, uh, and or a particular political bent. And we found that that's a really important question, especially with the current culture of colleges. You know, when I was in school at Penn State back in the 70s, I mean, there were certainly politics involved with the war in Vietnam and so forth. But my goodness, in the last, what, even two or three years, look, look at the differences in the campuses, where they've gone from a political standpoint. And a lot of families don't realize that it's not how it was when they were in college, you know, many years ago. So I think that that political element, and and if if students are looking for a, a faith-based, you know, centered type of school, they need to take those elements into consideration as well. Would you agree? Absolutely, Tom. Because you know what? Again, this is going to be your home for the next four years, right. and if it bothers you every other week that you walk out onto the campus and there's another picketing going on for something that's <laughs> happening, right? Or, you know, it, which then becomes distractors for you in the the education that you're trying to get. Right. How are you going to react to that? Now, now, look, if that's your thing, cool. Absolutely. There, and it is right? for a lot of students. For some, it is. They, they, they are, just by the very nature, kind of an activist for some kind of a cause. And that could, sure. they could fit into that culture beautifully. But for a student who maybe, like, like me, who was an engineer, you know, I, I, I wanted to get the, the nuts and the bolts and I wanted to do the labs and I, I wasn't there really for any kind of a, of a social or a, or a cultural or a political stand by any means. I wanted, I just wanted the education. I wanted to get that degree. But you know what? We're all wired differently and that's an important element that I, I, I found that many families don't really consider that. You know, they, they, they look at the department where the student is going to be enrolled, but they don't often look at that, that cultural, that political, that spiritual element. And all those things need to be taken into account, don't they? They do. And in fact, I'll throw two more into the mix. Uh -huh. How about the Greek culture on the campus? Oh, good point. Okay. Because, you know, for some students, they absolutely maybe want to follow in mom and dad's footsteps that they were in a fraternity or sorority and do the same. Right. Um, you know, or, or do it themselves for the first time. Um, the other option is how about the athletics on the campus? You know, right. we know that there are big monster um, sporting schools out there. I mean, you know, you, you, we can name them, right? 
But the fact of the matter is, is that the kind of school that you want to go to where you're involved in all the excitement of the sporting events that are going on, the basketball, the football, you know, any number of sports? Right. Or or is it so much more that you're just focused on your academics? Back to what you were saying. So you, there's only one way that you can get that kind of sense, and that's to get on the campus. You know, you've got to yeah. get there. You've got to do your research on these schools ahead of time. You've got to try to identify. I mean, the way I, I look at it, is it the right financial fit for your family? Is it the right academic fit, meaning it's got all the things that you're looking for from an academic standpoint? Is it the right social fit, back to all these things we were just talking about? And then is it the right geographic fit? And, and you know, that, that geography thing definitely has something to, to, to do with it, right? It sure does. You know, yeah. because there are some kids that are thinking, I'm going to get as far away from where I live right now as I can. And they discover the hard you know, reality of what happens if they get sick or, sure. um, you know, even wanting to get back for events that are going on at home with maybe younger siblings and stuff like that. I mean, it can really be a big, big deal. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that location is, is really important. And, and I've had a lot of, lot of uh, students through the years uh, when we were in California that would put University of Hawaii, for instance, on the application. And they were so jazzed about the concept of going to school in Hawaii. Now, they weren't thinking that awfully much about the education, but they were thinking of, of the obvious, <laughs> the surfing and, and so forth, yeah. and the lifestyle. But you know what? So many times, way more than, than not, when it came down to actually applying to the school, oftentimes that school would come off the list. When they really got thinking about being you know, two, 3,000 miles away from home, and what if they did have to come home? On a, in, in any kind of a, of a rush, an emergency, you know. So it's, it's very important to take that into consideration. Sometimes they want to get as far away as they, they can, but when it comes down to it, you know, they oftentimes realize that's a mistake. And uh, rather to experience that, that location and that, that uh, difference in, in geographics before they actually make that big commitment, because it's a big commitment, four years, for some students, sadly, five, six years away from home That's to get that, right. that undergrad degree. But they, they do have to consider that. And they're, they're not going home every weekend or, or even once a month if they're living 3,000 miles away. It, it might be two times a year from a financial standpoint. Yeah, and homesickness is a real deal. I mean, these kids get away. They're suddenly in an in a um, unfamiliar place with unfamiliar people, sometimes unfamiliar yeah. cultural things that are going on. I'll, I'll never forget one of my students, you know, he went to a school and he had to deal with the dynamics of the way that his roommates kind of handled hanging up their clothes to dry, you know, in the bunk beds and things. And it just really threw them for a loop, <laughs> you know? Nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, but it's, it's all those dynamics that we have to take into consideration. And unfortunately, some of that stuff, you just don't know what you don't know until you experience it, you know, you experience that roommate or that those roommates, because as sure. we know, a lot of times they're piling more kids in these rooms because of the, the ever-increasing um, enrollment in some of the schools anyway out there. Yeah. The popular schools for sure, right? Yeah, they're designed for two or three and they'll put three or four in there instead. I've seen that a number of times. These kids are just packed in there like sardines. And boy, that's not a good experience. Yeah. And again, that's, that's a question that you want to ask is... Yeah. Uh, Back to the housing thing. Okay, how many kids are going to be stuffed into this little area that you're showing me? You know, you're giving me this this grand and glorious looking room, uh, but what you know, what am I going to be in as an incoming freshman? Sure. Uh, it, it, is my dorm air conditioned? Because they're not all air conditioned. You know, those kinds of things. So right, right. Make sure that you know all the rules of the game so that you make the right choice 
and that you really do find the school where it's going to be um, just a great place for you you know, to do well in the future. You know, Dan, I'm not sure if you've seen this website. I've not been on there in a while. I think it's still a very active website for virtual tours of campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was called uh, universitytv.com. Did you ever visit that site? I, I have, yes. I think it's still active, I believe, right? I, I do too, and and for sure, a lot of the the colleges out there have actually put on their links on their virtual site. tours. Anyway, yeah, they sure yeah, have. Yeah, and and just for our listeners, uh, universitytv.com, but it's it's Y O University, so it's Y O U initially, Y O University TV dot com, and I remember they were really building that site up several years back, and I think they've got hundreds and hundreds of virtual tours now that are professionally produced. I mean, very nice videos. Yeah, and so the advantage to that, again, is you'll get at least a sense of what the different buildings look like. Sure. You know, they'll, they walk around the campus and, and um, try to give you information about the different programs that are in, like, the, the College of Science building or, you know, the, yeah. the, the English building, you know, the uh, libraries, the food courts, uh, the athletic facilities, all that kind of stuff. It's incredible what they've been able to do with that to help families out. One thing I've noticed on all the videos you see of virtual tours is um, it's always on a really nice sunny day. <laughs> the kids are always smiling and having fun and maybe playing a little frisbee. Uh, there's no students that are just totally distraught after they, they bombed a, a final. Or it's never like when I was in Penn State in the wintertime where the trees are bare and there's slosh everywhere on the streets. It always is quite pristine. So we've got to realize these are marketing videos. So just keep that in mind, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, remember, it's their job, it, it's the school's job to do everything they can to convince you that their school is the right school for you. That's right. They're, they're selling it. They're selling their school. That's right. That's right. Well, Dan, any other thoughts before we wrap this up tonight? I mean, truly, Tom, whatever you're doing out there, folks, make sure that you do your research and try to really narrow down the schools that you're going to visit, but then make it a point to get on those campuses and check them out because there's all, always um, uh, just a great opportunity to to get the hands-on experience of being there and just do it. I mean, just make it a point to do it when you can. And by the way, worst case, if you're going on a vacation, make it a point to stop by a school on the way to or from. You know, that could also be an opportunity to at least stop by and see different places. So lots of opportunities. Oh, excellent. Well, Dan, I want to thank you for joining us tonight and for sharing your expertise on this truly important subject. Now, for any of our members who might have some questions for you, Dan, how can they best contact you? Yeah, the best way would be to um, first visit our website, which is collegeandbeyondllc.com, or they can always um, email me at danbissig, which is B-I-S-I-G, at collegeandbeyondllc.com. Excellent. And before we sign off tonight, Dan, I want to be sure to mention your book that I highly recommend, by the way, called College Entrance Game Plan. Uh, can you tell our folks a little bit about that, Dan? Sure, Tom. Yeah. It, so it was written um, by Ryan Clark and I, and it uh-huh. is a total comprehensive uh, guide for families starting as early as the seventh grade through the twelfth grade, giving monthly um ideas of things that students should do. And then it also goes into details about how do you write a good essay? You know, what types of things should you be doing on college visits? In fact, there's checklists in there for those kinds of things. Um, Where do you look for scholarships? Any number of resources as you navigate your way through the college process. And so for the family who's looking for a roadmap to follow, it's a great resource for them to have. 
I agree, and I highly endorse it. So, folks, go go to Dan's website and and look at that book. It's a it's a beauty. Um, well, I want to thank you, our College Success Formula members, for joining us. Whether you're listening to us live this evening or the recording at a later time, and again, I encourage you to visit Dan's website. And again, that's www.collegeandbeyondllc.com. I promise you'll find lots of helpful information there on planning for college success. Well, as always, we're here to help you as you plan for your children's college success, and it's truly our privilege to do so. You can contact us anytime at support at collegesuccessformula.com. So until next time, take care. College planning success to you, and may God bless. Good night, everyone.